0: Whether you're quarantining the house or not, you still don't want your gym bag being all nasty. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your stuff stays in check. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to your junk... Thanks to their lawnmower 3.0, Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. While you're probably at home looking for something to do, why not make Manscaping a part of your new routine? You don't want to look like you're sitting on Ming's shoulders from WCW, and you don't want Brutus the Barber Beefcake chomping away down there. And you dang sure don't want to use that freebird hair removal cream. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 Precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with new and improved lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Your goods are gonna be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver. An anti shafing deodorant and moisturizer. You're probably sitting on the couch like Al Bundy right now anyway, so you might as well keep everything smooth and fresh. Subscribe to the perfect packing to get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer, delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with code SLOPDROP at manscaped.com. That's SLOPDROP. S L O P D R O P. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the promo code SLOPDROP. S L O P D R O P.
1: That's a slop drop. I
2: can answer that. That's a slop drop. What is that move? That's a slop drop. Slop
0: drop time. That's a slop drop. a slop drop. slop drop. Slop drop. The slop drop is D. What's up, humanoids? Welcome back to the slop drop. This is Nathan Rogers at Wupig Sumo on Twitter. And my tag partner for this episode is evad the unluckiest man in the world what's up man what's
3: up how y'all doing
0: well considering uh out there in the internet world uh, things aren't cooperating with us so we're gonna try and get through this best we can sure. and uh this is my last day of uh isolation slash quarantine hopefully for the rest of my life and i'll be good to go so that's even better 27 years ago today, WCW Battle Bowl lethal lottery, lethal lottery, I'm sorry, November 20th, 1993, from the Civic Center in Pensacola, Florida, about 7,000 fans in attendance, commentators was Tony Schiavone and Jesse the Body Ventura. Welcome to the Plata
1: Panhandle! the most exciting of WCW pay-per-view events, Battle Bowl 93. Tony Schiavone, along with Jesse the Body Ventura, it's our third Battle Bowl. And we have 40 top superstars in the back. At the end of the night, one man will be left standing, the Battle Bowl champion. Well,
4: Tony, let me tell you this. The people out there think the fireworks has gone off. The fireworks is just gonna begin because in Battle Bowl anybody can end up with anyone as a partner and then the winners move forward into the battle Bowl to go after that ring Tony and in wrestling it's like winning that Super Bowl ring and'
3: an announced team you know Jesse Jesse was really underrated I actually enjoyed a lot of Jesse's stuff whether he was with uh, McMahon in the WWF or Tony you know he was always he always had a good voice it was always one that kind of stuck out and you recognized.
0: Uh, Me, Gene, Okerlund, and Fifi drew the names out of the participants. Fifi was a uh, valet with a French maid gimmick, also known as Wendy Barlow, also known as the current wife of the Nature Boy, Ric Flair.
3: Right. They said, uh, what do you say, they met back in the 80s or something, and then they kind of grew apart, and then, you know, 30 years later, here they are married. So, that's, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh,
0: WCW champions going into this event. The world champion was Big Van Vader. The international champion was Rick Rude, and this whole international title, I don't even want to get into it today. It's a very complicated situation, but it came to what we know as the big gold uh, world belt eventually. U.S. champion was Dustin Rhodes. The tag champs was your boys, the Nasty Boys, and the TV champion was Lord Steven Regal.
3: Man, what a what a lineup, right? What a lineup of champions. You know, the Nasty Boys, one of the greatest tag teams ever. No, you know, Nobody can dispute that. But uh, you know, Big Van Vader, Rick Rude, Dustin Rhodes, uh, man, you know that's just a, that's just a, Lord, William Regal, Steven Regal, whatever you want to call him, you know, obviously one of the most underrated talents there was. That's just a just a great lineup of champions. Talk about being on top. Yeah.
0: So the concept of Battle Bowl was WCW stars are forced to randomly team up with one another through the Lethal Lottery. The winning teams would then advance to the Battle Bowl battle royale main event and the winner of that would get the battle bowl championship ring which uh, jesse the body ventura compared it to the super bowl ring and during the opening credits i don't know about that but uh sort of like a uh, king of the ring type uh gimmick throwing the royal rumble uh this was the third battle bowl it had been done at starcade 91 which was won by sting starcade 92 which was uh won by the great muda and here in '93, it was its own standalone pay-per-view event, and here in '93 would be the last time it was its own standalone pay-per-view event.
3: Well, you know the the, the I think the idea was there, and the idea was, wasn't necessarily bad, but the the concept just really didn't come out together.
0: Yeah, it was a Dusty Rhodes creation. So the first participants of the Battle Bowl, Mean Gene draws out Big Van Vader and Cactus Jack as a tag team. They go up against Charlie Norris and Kane. Uh, Not the Kane, but at the time, it was Stevie Ray of Harlem Heat. They went by Cole and Kane. Cactus
4: Jack, oh, my God, WCW heavyweight champion, Vader. Their opposing tag team, one of the members will be from Harlem Heat, Cole. And his partner is going to be Native American superstar, Charlie Norris.
0: Uh, Vader and Cactus Jack defeat Charlie Norris and Kane Uh, Mean Gene uh, first called out Cole's name I believe which was Booker T but uh, Stevie Ray comes out instead Tony Schiavone said it really doesn't matter as long as somebody from Harlem Heat was out there Uh, probably the truth there uh, because neither one of them was going to win
4: and so much momentum Vader went over backwards cover he got him Vader and
0: Cactus advance. Uh, Vader gives a sloppy power bomb to the Native American superstar Charlie Norris to score the pinfall. As Cactus Jack prevents Stevie Ray from breaking up the pin, Cactus Jack and Big uh, Van Vader advance to the battle bulb.
3: And you got to think, what a what a good tag team that would have been back in the day I mean, uh, between Vader and Cactus Jack. They both you know that rugged, rough style. Vader, one of my all-time favorite big guys. You know, he was just he could move he could do everything that uh with finesse you know he didn't struggled. struggle he just he kept going and he was just a monster and Cactus jack just you know obviously went on to be the hardcore legend and uh those two back in the day probably would have made a really decent tag team
0: yeah they were rivals at the time which you know they coincidentally got drew to be each other's partners which kind of already shedding a little of a speculation on this event but you're right. It would have been a great tag team. Uh, second match of the night: Nasty Boy Brian Nobbs and Johnny B Bad were Drew, and they take on Eric Watts and Paul Roma. Paul
4: Roma, Eric Watts, Johnny B Bad, Nasty Boy Nobbs. Rounding out that tag team, Tony, I can't believe it.
0: Uh, Johnny B Bad and uh, Brian Nobbs defeat Watts and Roma. Watts gets the hot tag, goes in for a crossbody on Nobs, but he rolls through it, hooks the leg, scores the pinfall. body press. him up.
4: He's got the tights. He's got a pin.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the winners of the match, the team of Nasty Boy playing Nobs and
0: Johnny B. Bird. Roma was a member of the Four Horsemen during this time, second worst member of the Four Horsemen ever. Mongo still the first worst ever. I don't care what you say, Jason Jones. Uh, Eric Watts, the son of Bill Watts, spent some time in WCW and WWF, but kind of fizzled out. Knobs and Bad advanced to the Battle Bowl.
3: You know, and overall, just a crappy match. You know, there wasn't nothing that really stood out. Paul Roma, you know, that's a whole, or, yeah, that's just a whole another episode of him being a horseman. And it just, I don't know, not a lot to talk about here, but.
0: Third match of the night, uh, Gene draws out Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and the Shockmaster to tag team with each other against drawing out Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Royal uh, Lord Steven Regal. The
4: Shockmaster, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Oh, let's see who their opponents will be. All right, uh, the name of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Excuse me, there, sweetheart. Lord Steven Regal.
0: While the ref is with Orndorff, Regal tries to hit Shockmaster with an umbrella. Steamboat grabs it and clocks Regal instead. Shockmaster splashes Regal for the win. The
1: tag team partner's fighting over the umbrella. Oh, he hit on the head with the He hit Regal in the head with the umbrella! And the television champion's down! He's down! It's a cover! One, two, three! What about that? Ladies and gentlemen, the winners of the match, the team of the Shockmaster and Mr. Wonderful!
0: little over six minutes, but uh, another horrible match. But think of the names here. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, Stephen Regal, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and the Shockmaster.
3: Well, you've got on one side of the ring, you've got Regal and Steamboat, who were two of the best technical wrestlers of that era. You know, they both could go and go and go. And like I said, I've said it for years, Stephen Regal or William Regal, whatever you want to call him, was just tremendously underrated. You know, and a lot of the guys like Arn Anderson, a lot of your old school guys will tell you that too. You know, but he was one of the best in ring talents. The problem is in today's world, <clears throat> you know, he would never make it because his wrestling style is so much different than, than what what is today. He's not a spot monkey. He doesn't go out and do wild and crazy stuff. He's a chain wrestler, you know, a technical wrestler. And then on the other side, you've got uh, you know the stockmaster,
0: who fell crazy. on his arse
3: which was great in WWF, you know, along with, uh, with earthquake, you know, and the natural disasters, but, uh, you know, and another guy that I just absolutely love is Paul Wendorf. Why they picked Paul Roma to be a horseman instead of Paul Wendorf. I'll never know. I, and even those two together, when they were pretty wonderful, I enjoyed watching them, but I, I feel like Wendorf was way more of a of a horseman than Roma ever would. be. But, you know,
0: yeah, the uh, poor Shockmaster, like you said, had success in WWF, but they bring him in wearing a uh, Stormtrooper's helmet full of glitter, uh, falls on his arse, as Davey Boy says in the famous clip. The awesome and, Kong. Uh, yeah, that was it.
4: King Kong. All right, Gene, who's the, the last The natural one? Dustin Rhodes.
0: Fourth match of the night, Dustin Rhodes and King Kong of the Colossal Kongs defeated the Equalizer and Awesome Kong of the Awesome Kong of the uh, Colossal Kongs. Awesome Kong and gets the finish in a little under six minutes. King Kong and Awesome Kong, as I mentioned, are uh, tagged by Colossal Kongs. Uh, two pretty big, good sized boys here, between four or five hundred pounds. Never really had any success, and to be honest, they really wasn't that great.
3: Now, this is another one that just kind of got swept in the rug. It was just a. You know, Can I you believe like this? Sting!
0: Yeah. Sting! <laughs>
4: his partner ladies and gentlemen the nasty boy sags superstar all-american ron simmons from the cole brothers
0: keith cole not much to talk about on that one so we'll just skip over the uh, steam match number and five. nasty boy jerry sags defeated ron simmons and keith, keith cole close. of the Cole twins
4: And Sags lands with a big elbow And wins it
0: Stinger splash on Cole Sags gets the blind tag and hits the flying elbow uh, Off the top rope for the three count uh, Once everybody left the ring Ron Simmons turns heel and uh, takes out Cole with a spine bust. So
3: you've got Ron Simmons who was a uh, you know the first African-American heavyweight champion. You've got Sting, and you've got, uh, was it Sags that was with him, you said? Yeah, so you've got...
0: Yeah, yeah, Jerry Stags and uh, one of the Cole twins.
3: Yeah, which the Cole twins, I mean, you know, he was there. That's great. But, you know, Ron, to me, it would have been better had they put Ron with Sting, and then Sting and Ron went over. Uh, That just seems like the ultimate baby face collection there. I get that they were doing the, uh, you know, the the... Pulling hats out of the or pull, pulling names out of a hat, trying to team them with
0: whoever. Right. are. Lethal lottery.
3: Yeah, lethal lottery, and it just, I don't know, the whole, the whole concept. I think if it would have been booked a little bit better, probably could have turned out to be really good. But again, this is just one of those matches that you've got big names in, but it just really. Yeah.
4: How about stunning Steve Austin? Not other than the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Wow, what a team that'll be. You're right, Max Payne see Whose partner Max Payne, Tukol Scorpio.
0: Sixth match, they pull out Ric Flair and uh, Steve Austin, who defeated Tukol Scorpio and Max Payne in uh, 14 and a half minutes. Hit the knee. Flair!
4: Figure four! He's got it hooked!
0: And that's it! Max Payne, also known as Man Mountain Rock in the WWF. Uh, in this match, he no sells some flare chops, hits his knee, and sets up the figure four, or Flair and Austin advance to the battle bowl.
3: You know what? 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 What did anybody else expect though? You've got you've got Flair and Austin against two you know, I mean really jobbers in the WCW. You've got Max yeah. Payne. You know he had a good run with Cactus Jack for a while, but he never made. You know he never really got any fame or made a name for himself. And so you know that was obviously. Obviously, the right way to go. I think uh, no, no selling some, some of Flair's chops. You know, that's just stupid. But
0: yeah, you know, we mentioned how Paul Orndorff would have been a good horseman. Now, we've said it several times, right here. Two of the biggest names ever. Of course, Austin wasn't at the time, but you got Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stunning Steve Austin at the time, teaming up with Ric Flair, and they were good in the ring together. And this was just a glimpse of what could have been if he was a member of the horseman.
3: Absolutely. You know, and it's sad that uh, the WCW didn't invest the time. And I, and I know I know Austin had some injuries and stuff that kind of held him down a little bit. But, you know, that's one of those that, that Bischoff has to look back and think. But, yeah, I, I messed up there. You know, that Austin could have been a huge name in WCW. They, you know, they screwed him over. They put him with Harley Race. They put him with, with uh, Brian. So what did you do? They went out and became top, uh, one of the top w, WCW tag teams when everybody thought they would just be a jobber team they got over not only with the crowd but in the ring they worked together everything went smooth so then they split them up okay and what happened austin got over you know austin austin could have went a really long way in wcw had that gave him the right foot yeah you know just like you said a member of the horseman absolutely he came out with those those black and gold uh, robes already that said stunning across the back of it I mean he would have been a perfect, perfect fit in.
4: Ever seen Rick Rude. Yes. Somebody's in for a rude awakening. Shanghai Pierce. Marcus Alexander Pagwell. Uh-oh. Pagwell's partner, Tex Schlesinger. A
1: very angry Tex
4: Schlesinger.
1: It's gonna go against his partner here.
0: Seventh match, Rick Rude and Shanghai Pierce are teamed up. They defeat uh, Tex Slazinger and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Rude catches Slazinger off guard as Pierce tries the sunset flip, uh, gets him with a rude awakening, hits the three count. Shanghai Pierce and Texas Slasinger were a tag team here and actually got a huge pop from the crowd when they started fighting Rick Rude uh, against uh, each other. They would eventually go know, to WWE Bagwell. He's still pretty young in his career here, but Rude looking as good as ever. Again, he would have been a great member of the Horseman.
3: Yeah, you know, they could have picked so many. Why they ever went with Mongo or Sid? Or, uh, or Roma, I never, I'll never know. They had so many better options out there. And I almost wonder if it wasn't politics playing, you kind of slapping them in the face with some of these, some of the choices. But, uh, you know, Rude, man, even up to the day that he passed away, man, Rude always looked like a million bucks. He, he was just great in the ring. Yeah, he put on some weight whenever he stopped, you know, wrestling and stuff. But, you know, even when he'd come out in them suits, he still looked like a million bucks. And, uh, he just, it was a shame that uh, shame that his career ended so soon. And then you've got Marcus Alexander Bagwell, who went on to make a, <clears throat> I won't say a huge, huge name for himself, but a really good name for himself. Yeah. Very uh, of course he moved on. I don't think, I think this was pre-Stars and Stripes era, wasn't it?
0: Um, I think so. Him and Two Cold Scorpio could have been tag team during this time.
3: Yeah. So, you know, he still had the Stars and Stripes game at work. And obviously, uh, the American males, which you know, I'm just great, great acting, booking. Your like,
0: your favorite theme song too.
3: That's right, that's right. And then you know, of course, Buff Bagwell, where you know where his career ultimately uh, stopped. But uh, just a uh, you know, the Kid had a lot of Kid had a good career. You know, he really did. Yeah. It was it was cut short a little too early. But you know, uh, talking about Rick Rude, you got to look at Buff Bagwell, man. When, when Bagwell became Buff Bagwell. Man, there wasn't anybody on the, on the roster that looked better. I mean, that dude literally looked like eight million bucks. But, Rob you know, he broke his neck obviously that's my issue,
4: so. Hawks tag team partner is gonna be none other than Rip Rogers. Ah! Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. His partner, Harlem Heat Cole. Ah!
0: eighth match road warrior hawk and rip rogers no relation defeated david boy smith and cole booker t from harlem heat on their way to the ring hawk destroys poor rip rogers and leaves him laying eventually rip makes his way to the apron hawk grabs him gorilla press uh, slams him into booker t what is this? and uh, rip gets the pin oh! actually now a successful trainer and one of his most recent students Pat McAfee.
3: You know, and I get what they were doing there and it was it was kind of a cool twist, you know, body yeah. guy, press slamming him, he gets the pin. Um but you know you wanna go back to the guys looking great. Look at Hawk, man, Hawk always looked great. David Boy Smith, probably one of the best bodybuilding bodies you know, in the business. I, I was always a David Boy Smith fan growing up. And uh you know, of course we talked about that last show a little bit with what, what ifs but Again, you know, for they kind of buried Davy Boy here, and uh, you know the match again, it, it, the grill press slamming him, letting him get the pin, I think took the focus off the rest of the match altogether.
0: I don't know that Davy Boy got any action at all during this match. Yeah, um, I wonder if he wasn't injured at the time.
3: He could have been. You know, WCW was was pretty uh, uh, notorious for that. For letting their letting their injured guys go out, maybe they just don't get the tag. I remember, I remember fast forwarding when they were the, the Harlem Heat, Booker Ray and or Booker Booker Ray, Booker T and Stevie Ray. Stevie came out wearing a T-shirt on one one of the uh, pay per view episodes, and I thought, man, that's weird. I'm gonna look that up. And he had been in like a uh, uh, motorcycle wreck and had a bunch of road rash all over him. So, he, you know, his he went in a couple times during the match, but it was just to throw kicks and punches, and then he got right out. You know, yeah, why send them out? You know, I think that, but you know, looking back at it now, I think that was a huge liability, you know, and ultimately could injure, you know, or ruin somebody's career. But back then, you know, if you didn't
0: work, you didn't get paid. All right. uh, here we are main event 16 man battle bull battle royal. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah. Uh, participants were Big Van Vader, Cactus Jack, Brian Knobs, Johnny B. Bad, Paul Orndorf. The Shockmaster, Dustin Rhodes, King Kong, Sting, Jerry Sags, Ric Flair, Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Shanghai Pierce, Road Warrior Hawk, Herald and of course, The Great Wrestling Rip Rogers. Presents
2: Battle Ball! I will now read the list of the final 16 to compete for the title. Cactus Jack, Vader, Johnny B. Roy Knox, Shockmaster, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, King Kong, Dustin Rose Boy, Rick boy, Flair, Ravishing Rick Rude, Shanghai Pierce, Rose
0: Uh, final four came down to Flare, Sting, Austin, and Vader. And
4: Flare super tali on the runway! Oh! And Vader nails Flare! Uh,
0: it eventually comes down to Sting and Vader. Sting goes for the Stinger splash, but Vader moves, uh, causing Sting to miss his target, go over the top rope, and to eliminate himself. Vader wins, and he is it's the Battle him. Bowl champion and the world champion.
3: Which, to me, is not a bad pick. You know, Vader was a monster back then. And, and uh, you know, Vader, I, I kind of feel like Vader was really underrated back then, too, for, to the younger fans. I think the adults kind of saw it. And, and I didn't see it either when I was a kid. But looking back at him now and watching him do the moonsaults and stuff like that that he could do, and just, you know, he was 450 pounds, and he was moving just all over that ring.
0: If you notice, the very first match with him and uh, Cactus Jack teamed up together, Vader was supposed to be the big, bad heel. The fans were cheering for him, and Shivani even made a comment. I think it was either Shivani or, or Ventura said, you know, this is this is where, you know, this is a little different for fans. They're seeing them team up differently and blah, 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 so they may be cheering a little differently than normal. They had to cover it somehow, yeah. but the fans was eating it up.
3: Man, Vader, you know, he just, he, he was great in the ring, and he, he could move, and, and when they teamed him up with Harley, you know, I, I actually thought it hurt hurt Vader a little bit, you know, maybe both rest in peace, but Harley in about every match got involved at least once and sometimes three and four times. And I felt like that kind of took away from away from the match. But man, Vader, Vader had what it took and, you know, uh why he's not in the WWF Hall of Fame, I'll never know. Because he when he came back from Japan and he was, you know, big van Vader and he had the the I don't know the helmet, the shoulder pads, whatever that he took off and it would smoke out. Man, that was just so awesome. And uh I miss Vader, man. He, you know, when they did that raw uh what was it, the reunion or whatever whenever all the legends were coming out and beating up Heath Slater. Man, Vader still looked good, you know. Right? 60 something years old, I think, but you know, I mean, he was he was still and he got a huge pop too when he walked out. Everybody remembers Vader.
0: Oh yeah, he's by far uh probably on my Mount Rushmore, a big man.
3: Absolutely. Him, him and Bam Bam Bigelow are,
0: are two. Yeah. Are- so I asked Twitter, uh, would you like to see Battle, Bro- Battle Bowl brought back? 75% said yes, 25% said no. What about you, Chapman? Would you like to see Battle Bowl brought back? Wow. That's,
3: uh, I didn't think it would be that big of a difference. but
0: It's uh, you know, a cool it- concept if you think about it. I mean, now you've got gimmick pay-per-views uh they really don't do the king of the ring anymore but that was a famous one uh royal rumble is still a big one um survivor series is actually this weekend it's not like it used to be but it was a gimmick pay-per-view held in a cell is basically a gimmick pay-per-view now um i again I, this dusty's idea i think it would be cool if they could somehow rig it um to where it made a little more sense
3: that's my thing. Yeah, the concept is there, and I, I do like the concept, but it would have to be, you know, a better booking. Yeah. Not taking anything away from Dusty or anybody else, but you know, they worked with what they had, which, you know, if you look back in WCW at that time, they had some big names, but none of them were big stars yet, and so there were a lot of up and coming guys. So I kind of get what they were doing there, but uh,
0: definitely big names now. Yeah. We look I've- back and see all these uh, future Hall of Famers, but at the time. You know, a lot of people. I still can't tell you who the the Colossal Kongs or the Cold Twins were, but look at everybody else. Even Rip Rogers, I know who I know who Rip Rogers is, and he was thrown in there as the joke.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, like like we talk Austin. Look at Austin. Austin back then, WCW wasn't giving him the right push. He wasn't really making a huge name for himself. And now look at him. Probably marketing wise, probably the hottest uh, superstar wrestler, or whatever that's ever been. You know, I, I, think, I think he still holds a record for bringing in the most most merchandise money. And uh, you've got Davey Boy Smith. You've got, <clears throat> of course, Marcus Bagwell that we hit on. Uh, Paul Orndorff, who, you know, was a legend in his own right. WrestleMania uh, won. And, uh, I, I don't know. They, they had a lot of names back then, but none of them were really to that level yet. And obviously, later on in their career, they, they became that. It makes you wonder, had WCW had the right bookers, and did the right pushing, would they be as big in WCW as they were when they went
2: to WWF? Right.
0: And now that we're toward the end of the show, I think my microphone started working properly, so great. Uh, well, 75% may get their wish. According to skeedia Cody Rhodes and the WWE made some sort of deal recently. WWE has allowed Cody to the rights back to the Rhodes name, and you've probably noticed on AEW the past few weeks they've started calling him Cody Rhodes again instead of just Cody. Um, In return, WWE would get trademark rights to various WCW themes that Cody had been trying to get and pretty much had secured. So on November 3rd of this year, 2020, WWE officially applied to trademark numerous WCW-related terms, including Bash at the Beach, Super Brawl, Battle Bowl, Bunkhouse Stampede, and the Match Beyond, and Slamboree. So we could be seeing another Battle Bowl.
3: You know, and it's sad, too, because a lot of those, you know, your bash at the beach, which I know AEW just did on it, but it was a Monday night or I'm sorry, Wednesday night episode or whatever. But a lot of that stuff, they just had a bunkhouse match, you know, and I get what WWE is trying to do, what, what Vince is doing. But man, honestly, I loved seeing the bunkhouse match and just hearing it and the nostalgia that went with it and knowing the history between the AEW guys and Cody and everything. I really wish they were able to keep some of them. Uh, You know, and honestly, this Battle Bowl gimmick probably wouldn't be that bad in AEW. You know, because everybody's... Well, I say say everybody. A lot of these guys are new to to a lot of people because they're just now making it really on primetime television or whatever. And so they're all kind of at that same level. And maybe, you know, maybe that gimmick would work pretty good here.
0: Yeah. um, I I look for, if WWE does use these, probably NXT. They'll use it. Um, They've used they're currently using war games, which is in a couple of weeks they're using, uh, they would Halloween havoc a few weeks ago and a couple more things, which I, I don't mind because I like NXT better than raw and SmackDown to me. That's still kind of the, the underground hidden gem that, uh, isn't just totally saturated by, by Vince yet. And hopefully it won't be, but, um, yeah, I, I think AEW could use something like this, you know, they do their, um, is it all in or all out the battle rule they do uh, with the poker chip it's kind of like a battle rule but uh also with a money in a bank type gimmick when they get the poker chip they can cash that in and get a so that's a pretty cool gimmick uh, thing that they do but this would have wor- worked great with aew uh and who knows maybe they'll do something similar but it looks like is going to get the rights well and it's
3: it's just awesome watching cody you know and, and... I'm not taking anything away from Dustin because Dustin was one of my all-time favorites growing up, but uh, one of the very first matches i watched. But Cody, you know, Cody's booking just like Dusty did. Cody right now, in my opinion, is the hottest baby face in the business, just like Dusty was at one time. You know, so it's just kind of cool seeing, you know, I know he's a second generation you know, kind of up and coming, but it, it's cool that I feel like he's, he's following in his dad's footsteps a lot more than, than Dustin did. And, and, uh, you know, not taking anything. Right. He's better now than he was 20 years ago. Yeah. But, um, I think, I think because Dustin, Dustin and, uh, and, uh, Dusty came up, you know, I know Dusty was there long before, but he was still around when Dustin was coming up. So I think, I think there wasn't a lot of, of learning. It was more of competing against each other and, and doing that to where Cody sat back and watched and absorbed a little
0: bit. Right. Uh, and it's just, a lot different um you know they're both going to be in Dusty Shadow but it had to be harder for Dustin to be performing while his dad was performing in his shadow where Cody really didn't have to at least perform at the same time you know
3: right you know you got you've got Dustin who who was even performing when Dusty was booked yeah you know so how does you know how does that make you feel you know, deep down inside, if you, you know, if he won, I think he won the U.S. title or TV title or something during that time. But it's like, you know, how much heat is he catching? You know, well, he won that because of his dad or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, or Cody got to sit back and absorb everything and, and from both of them, not just from Dusty, but from Dustin as well. And, and look at him now, man. I mean, he's just on top of the world. And I really think that if they keep going... They need to they need to do a little a couple little things different. They need to be doing some house shows, getting these guys in some more spring practice. You know, Jr. said it himself. Uh, wrestling once a week is just not not going to cut it. Right. Too much too much time in between. But man, they could be they could be some really you know uh, main event players. You know, I don't think they're there yet, but I think that they could be.
0: So, what do you think? You have a favorite match or favorite segment of this uh, event?
3: Probably the end when Vader won. You know that that yeah. I'm. glad. But other
0: than that, the, the really really sucked. Yeah, I, I do like the concept. Um, I like, uh, of course, it was cool to hear the fans rooting for the Hill Vader uh, with him teaming up with Cactus Jack. Cool to see the Godwins fighting each other uh, as a tag team. Uh, cool to see Austin and Flair tag team with one another. Um, but again, the, the, the main event was probably the best part of the whole card.
3: Yeah, it just it was it was a very lackluster lackluster thing, and and you know thinking back, that's one of WCW's biggest downfalls. WCW was real big on turning tag teams against each other. We talked about the Godwins, but the Hollywood Blondes. Um, just throughout the years, there was a lot of lot of partners going against each other, and uh, you know one of the biggest mistakes they made, their biggest flops in my opinion, was when they turned Arn and Flair against each other. Wrestle, it wasn't yeah. for anybody. It was just dumb.
0: What do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle.
3: I'm going to have to go thumb. I'll go thumbs in the middle just because of the concept I do yeah. like. But as far as the matches, it's, it was not very
0: good. I'm with you, man. I give it thumbs in the middle for the same reasons. Yeah. Lots of star power, great concept, but uh, for whatever reason, just didn't deliver.
3: Well, so, you know, it felt like it, uh, it almost felt like it was brushed. It was like, hey, let's do this, and then they just sneezed, and all this crap came out, and that's what they went with.
0: And and the whole Mean Gene Fifi thing was a little uh, a little too much, a little weird. You know, they were he was basically all over her during the whole thing and making comments about you know, basically going yeah. to the hotel room and you know things like that. But
3: you know, Me Gene was a player back in the day. Yeah. You know, but. Uh... Yeah, it just it, overall it, it lacked a lot. It was a great concept. Could have been could have been a great pay per view. But uh you know, I, I, I kinda feel like you like what you said, this was a little bit of a rub from there from WWE or W S King of the Ring stuff and and stuff like that, which King of the Ring man and I know this is off topic, but gosh dang I missed that but I missed
0: the yeah. real thing,
3: you know. Right. Gosh, that was such a good one. Yeah, game. I, I, I missed the,
0: the original tournament. Pay per view. And again, we've mentioned earlier Survivor Series is this weekend. You know, traditionally, and uh, we may cover uh, the 1990 Survivor Series next week, which is the uh, debut of The Undertaker. Um, But they had teams, you know, usually four on four or five on five, typically five on five, elimination style. Now it's just Raw versus SmackDown or Champion versus Champion. Well, why have a Clash of Champions if you're going to do it? the same thing during Survivor Series, you know? Right. And, you the, know, and there needs to mean something. If you're going to do the Raw versus SmackDown, there needs to be something at stake and it needs to mean something.
3: Well, I watched I watched Survivor Series, uh, I think it was 92 last night, and just because it happened to come across the network and it was Hogan versus Taker, and which wasn't even the main, you know, if you, if you believe that, but every match was a team versus team except for Taker and, and Hogan, you know, and, and it was... It was good. You had, you know, you had Money Inc. and uh, they going against the Road Warriors and whoever. And,
0: and yeah, and just, they had team names too, which was kind of cool.
3: Yeah, all well, together, it was a lot, lot, lot better pay per view than what you get now. Now you've got a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown with, you know, a, a team main event. All it is, in my opinion. Um, but it's supposed to be the this marks 30 years of Taker, and it's supposed to be his last Raw and. We'll see
0: what happens. I don't think it is. We'll talk more about that next week, though. That'll work. Maybe, maybe Stephen E. or McBee can join us, too. We'll see. All right, man, that about wraps it up. Uh, follow us on Facebook at The Slop Drop, on Twitter at The Slop Drop. One, are you still on Twitter? You need to, be, you need to get on Twitter.
3: Man, my twi- so I think my Twitter account's
0: up. Probably got suspended.
3: It, it may have. I haven't been on Twitter in, in years.
0: We need to get you a Twitter account going. Uh, Wherever you get your podcast, we're probably there. Leave us a good rating, a good review. And as always, thank you guys for listening. And until next time, we're out.
4: Goodbye and good night.